This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Well, well not half, everyone, half of everybody. You know, like the ones that. Slightly above half, isn't it? Like 51% women, 49% men, or something like that? Something like that. Somewhere around there. Well, happy Mother's Day. Yes, to all the moms out there. Hopefully, because last year's Mother Day got Mother's Day got wiped out by COVID, you guys can all actually those mothers listening or those of you who are celebrating with your mothers actually have plans today. Even even if it's a, just something small, hopefully there's something going on that you actually feel comfortable doing. Maybe you're vaccinated. Maybe you can go to a restaurant. You know, we're not in high risk anymore. We're or we're not in extreme risk anymore. It's it's a you you can uh, have a little Mother's Day here. It's a it's a well I was gonna say it's a, a good day, but it's not. But it is a good day to be able to go out because uh, shut down Brown hasn't. Uh, she's you know, now flip flop. She's now you know flip flop Brown. I mean, <laughs> shut down sounds a little better, but well, but she she flip flop really back really really fast. <laughs> I think she just throws ideas or throws darts at an idea board and says this is what we're gonna do now. You know so. Either way, uh, if you're able to take your mom, grandma, stepmom, girlfriend who, you know, has your kid or, you know, whatever the case is, if you're ever able to do that for mom today, you should go ahead and do so. Yes. Uh, try to make, try to get something done today after last year being wiped out, and that means their birthday was probably wiped out as best, you know, in terms of going out and doing something. And right. You're right. I mean, it's cloudy right now, but I think the sun's going to come out a little bit later today. It's going to be 67 degrees, so, you know, it'll be a nice day. Fingers crossed. Yeah, get get out there and get something done. It'll be nice. It's uh, it's nice to actually have these days come and actually be able to say, I can go do something for said day. Absolutely. Today's also my girlfriend's birthday. Uh, Taurus so gang. Happy, yeah. happy birthday. And if she's listening, I don't think she is. And um, Her birthday was Wednesday, bro. I was out in these streets. I know. I texted really, you. You didn't respond home. to my text, you jerk. I didn't? No. I'm so sorry, Mike. Listen, <laughs> Mike Lynch is one of the coolest guys in the world. Every year, we, you know, we all text each other for a birthday, you know, for Christmas, Hanukkah, you know, all that jazz <laughs> and everything. So my bad, Lynch, for not getting back to him. So I just sorry. figured you were getting a lot of texts and it was overwhelming. And then it was, I was like, eh, it's It fine. was a little overwhelming. I didn't realize how many You're people. You're very I, popular. I didn't realize how many people I knew until uh, I, I looked at my, my news feed on Facebook. It's like, geez. It's also not the amount of people that you know. It's the amount of people that care enough to say to something say on your up. birthday. Absolutely. So which, again, you're very popular. Yeah, so I appreciate A lot of people like people. Rashad Taylor. Well, I mean, try to be a good dude, man. Just try to be not a jerk. I saw people posting pictures of you, young you. Like, they were <laughs> posting, like, memories from Facebook. And there was one that I saw. It was, like, you and one of your friends who was a girl. Uh-huh. And, like, there was somebody else in the picture. And I was like... Dude, Rashad, he's like, he looks like he's getting ladies right now. <laughs> hey, man, I was out there in no street. No, but no, that was my actually one of my very best friends in that picture. Uh, you know, we were at Six Flags, I think it was, just kind of, you know. I knew that you out. guys were friends, but just looking at the way that you, like, were holding yourself in the picture, oh, I was yeah. like, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, no, I had to be really respectful of her husband because that's the <laughs> homie, so yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just nice because, you know, 
couple weeks ago when when both me and the girlfriend were vaccinated we went to ringside for dinner because it was uh, still open and and we just wanted to celebrate and do something. I was like, right. oh, we can go inside now, and it's fine. You know, feels good when you finally get to sit inside a restaurant. That that whole initial, like, got to wear my mask and everything. Once you sit down and kind of take it off, it feels relatively normal. Uh, it does. Well, it was still strange. I will say it was still very strange. Yeah. I think we both looked at each other like, so I met her in October. That was when we started dating. And we went to a couple of places at the end of the summer when our, when our COVID cases were fairly low. But we sat outdoors, right? We went to the Minibins. We sat outside. Went to a Thirsty Lion. We sat outside. Uh, I brought her to Matador. Oh, we did sit inside once. We went to Mingo, the Italian place in Beaverton. Um, And that was indoors. But generally, it was like, ah, we're we're outside and that's it. And then since November, we haven't done anything. Right. We just hung out. I mean, we've, we've hung out together at each other's places. But we haven't really gone out and done anything. So actually sitting down, we both had this moment of looking at each other like, how do we function dating like this? Because, like, our dates have been just, like, hanging out together. But now it's like, oh, now we can sit at you a nice restaurant. real couple stuff now, right? Well, yeah. yeah you got to really like sit at the restaurant and try to figure things out, pull the chair out for it and stuff. We're coupling. Yeah. And it was just we had that moment. We sat down, and I was just like, wow. Okay. This is nice. Yeah. And no, uh, it's, it's, it was it was still strange, though. You know, I, I, I'm i hopeful because. Our brains have been rewired this last year. Oh, man. Yeah, so now I don't. I, it's hard to even interact with people. Like, I have a. I have a hard time shaking hands now or doing the whole embrace because now there's like three different ways you do it. Like, do we shake? Are you vaccinated? So now we can shake hands. Or if we're not, are we fist bumping? Are we elbow bumping? Like, um, it's so confusing. Like, I have this weird, awkward, like. We did that the other time oh, hey, last week. But like, yeah, it was like, man, I'm good. I know you're fully vaccinated, as am I. Like, we can actually shake hands and yep. things will be things will be fine. Yeah, um, we did the moment where we, we've been doing fist bumps to leave. Yes. Like, oh, we'll see, see you next week. And then you were like, wait a minute. You're vaccinated, yeah. and then we just came in for the full thing, yeah, and I was like, I was thing, like, this. Man. I haven't done this in a year, man. Right. Holy cow! Bring it in for the real thing, brother. So. It's it's strange how, just how much our brains have changed, and it, maybe this is it's probably different levels for everybody. But I remember, I'm trying to think the exact moment it was. I think it was at the airport when I was going back home for Jersey, and I had one of the vaccines, but not both. I just remember like there was there was a crowd of people. And I was so uncomfortable initially. I was like, ah, and I'm fine in front of people. I don't mind being around people. Like, I am I mean, I like being home and stuff like that. But generally, like, I'm fine going out. But I, I remember, like, walking into this room. Or I, forget, I can't remember the exact situation and just being like, I don't like this. But it's like, no, you do like this. You're just nervous and your brain has changed because of COVID. And I think it's going to take a little while to get used to that, too. Like, it's nice to have these options again, but I still have this little bit of a hesitation, like, eh. Yeah, I, it was weird. Like, I was never super afraid of COVID. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I think the reason, you know. Guys I didn't like think I, I was either. Yeah, but. I think the reason, like, guys like you and I kind of stayed safe is we just did normal stuff, man. Wash your hands, cover your face when you cough, and now that you have to wear a mask and stuff. So I was just like, I, I was never really afraid of it in the sense that man, oh no all these people around it's like man i you know i wasn't really thinking of it along those lines and i was also thinking man, it's gonna if it's gonna happen then it's gonna it's gonna happen there's not gonna be much i can do about it from just some random passerby that just you know happened to you know be asymptomatic so it's just kind of one of those things man like there's really not much and i guess that's why i didn't try to put too much pressure you know on like myself or like my family's like hey man like there's Key, stay safe. Do the things that we've always been doing. Wipe down your areas, all that little jazz. But like, don't live in fear. So I was, just, I never really looked at it like that. Well, it's, I didn't really either. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't realize that in my head is it was changing, right? Like I still came to work every day. I, I was very fortunate that I my job didn't become remote or I didn't lose my job, right? Like I was able to come in and it gave me that distraction. And, you know, I still went and did outdoor dining and stuff, and I still wanted to do things. But I I didn't realize that, especially as our cases ballooned in the winter and things really shut down fully, I remember just kind of sitting there going, you know, what is there to really do right now, right? Like, I'm here at home, and, like, I can watch a show or I can play a game or whatever and go for a run, but I can't go to the gym. I can't go to an indoor restaurant. I can't, you know, like, go meet a bunch of people. And you just kind of get used to the idea of, ah, I can't do anything, right? 
And now that it's back, I'm re- I'm realizing that my brain had has changed a little bit into like expecting nothing. So now I'm like, oh, See, oh, the things exist now. And people are gonna be mad at me for saying this, but I've been kicking it. Like not like not like that. Like with super huge crowds and stuff like that. But uh, I've been to some birthdays. I've you know done some other stuff in between there. So it's like I, I mean, yes, making sure everybody's safe and still wearing my mask. You know, at, at most points of the of the parties and stuff like that. But for the most part, man, I've still like I couldn't let COVID stop. Like it already mm. stopped enough of everything. It stopped a lot of people's money. It stopped a lot of people's, you know, opportunity to really work out and stay in shape and a lot of those things. Like it fun wasn't it wasn't gonna stop me all the way. Uh we got a break here, but we have our ask anything guy in. Uh Let's what's what's more likely you run a forty in under six seconds or you drink a forty in under one minute? Uh run a forty in under six seconds. Drink a forty in under one minute. Yes. Actually I've 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 done that. Have you? Remember at the at the combine when we did our ten eighty? Were you combine? under six? I was five point six, five point four, something like that in the forty. That's really fast. It dude. was somewhere around. No, seriously, we got to find those numbers and look those up. I'll I'll find them on. Well, I'll find them somewhere. I don't know where. I don't think you're gonna find them. I, I might. <laughs> I might. You remember like somebody posted all the the combine numbers like when I, we initially really when we initially did it. So I, I remember I put, it on I put my combine sheet on the fridge. Out of pride, because I did really well in a couple of things, uh, but I think my forty was still like in the seven seconds. Yeah, like no. I was, I was pretty slow. I'm, I'm fast for my size, but yeah. not that fast. It was, it was, it was five something. Because I remember the next day when we came in, and uh, we were running off the reading off scores, and Jesse at the time was our producer, and he was like, "You ran it in five, six or something." I was like, yeah, man, I trained really hard for that little combine <laughs> for like two weeks, man. I, uh, I would be way more confident drinking a forty in under one minute. I cannot. I'm, I am very, very fast at what chugging. kind of forty. That's the that's the bigger question. Like, I mean, if we're talking a forty of oldie, no, it's going to take some time. It's going to take at least three minutes. Can we go with the classic Colt forty five? I'm going to take a Mickey's, but yes, if you go Colt forty five, because <sighs> that's not the double, that's not the extra strong one. I used to get the no. Saint Ides, which was like the very oh, very strong you, one. Look at you, Lynch. Yeah, look at you from the hood. Making <laughs> the Saint Ides, not from the hood, but don't even make that no more. <laughs> I am I am a very very good drink chugger. I keep forgetting Lynch is from Jersey too. Like he's not from like Beaverton where he lives now, but Lynch is from New Jersey and Correct. went to the went to the black school. I did. So you probably had a few Mickeys and and Saint Ides. Oh, uh, it was Colt Forty Five and Saint Ides. Hands. Yeah, well, Edwards. Yes, Edward Forty Hands did happen. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm just good at chugging, and I'm not fast enough for that. So that'd be. I don't know if that'd be easy, but I could do it. Under a minute, I could. I think we it. should try and then put it on uh, Twitter <laughs> or Jesus. social media. It's not seriously. I think we should try and just see, you know, what people. Let's, let's start the challenge. <laughs> challenge accepted. This text says I'm vaccinated and we had a great poker night on Friday with no masks. It was amazing and everybody was glad to see each other's faces it's again. It's cool, right? I did. The, we, me and Patrick recorded the podcast this Tuesday. We went uh, to Lombard House in St. John's, and I know it well. Shout out to Lombard House. The uh, yeah, shout out to Brian from Lombard House. Uh, we had two of the lead brewers for a new brewery opening up in July, and both of them were vaccinated. And the four of us were sitting at a table talking, and it was so nice just to go, we can do this. I can sit here and not have to wear a mask, and yeah. I don't have to worry about it. And you're, it's, I mean, it was still a small group. It was we're four almost people. there, folks. It just felt good. We're almost there, y'all. Almost there. Just keep doing the same things you're doing, washing your hands. If you can't stay six feet away from people during certain, you know, instances, go ahead and do that. But and, man, and if you want, life. if you want things to go back to 100% normal, get the vaccine if you have it. Get the vaccination. It's fine. Try not to get the Johnson Johnson one just for now. I'm well, just saying. Also, it's not as good. But yeah, you know, if so that's your only option, get it. It's fine. But uh, you know, Pfizer and Moderna are doing very well, and they're covering all the the variants. Let's get back to normal, man. Very high protection. I want to go to the game. It was great. So I know we got a break. But I'm going, I'm, I'm driving yesterday, and I'm getting off the freeway, and I'm near a uh, motor center, and I see somebody, you know, flagging people in for, hey, parking here. And I was like, holy hell, like, people are going to the Blazer game. People are parking right now to the <laughs> luckily game. For like, you, that's awesome. Luckily for you, it wasn't a full sellout because you would have been seeing a lot of traffic. <laughs> oh, actually, it's not. Traffic isn't too, too bad around the uh, Lloyd exit, you know, right there when you're getting off. Like, sometimes it's it's crazy. But for the most part, if you know where you're going, if you're a native uh, Portland. We used to live yeah. up over there anyway, yeah, right? So, so. Uh, we will talk about Blazers here. They uh, have fans back in the building. They are now winning a lot by a lot. And uh, so we'll get to that. There's more Aaron Rodgers news today. 
And also, uh, hate it or love it, of course, coming up at 10.30. I also want to ask a non-sports question that I brought up on primetime on Friday and I think is fascinating. What is the single best season of television you've ever watched? Is it? It doesn't have to be your favorite show. It can even be a show that you didn't think was that good overall, but one season just floored you. Which one is it? We'll get to that at some point as well. Text us 503-250-1080, and uh, we're going to start with the Blazers, who are now winning against everybody and playing very, very well. They are out of the seven seed. They are out of the play-in tournament for now, and they have uh, the tiebreaker over the Lakers as well. So we'll get to the Blazers next. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 920 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Joe with you till 11 o'clock. We got Aaron Rodgers. We got Hate It or Love It. We got TV Talk and we got the Blazers, which is where we'll begin. How about this little run here at the end of the season for your Portland Trail Blazers? I'm having a really hard time not getting swept up into it because I'm trying to stay... I'm trying to stay very, very smart about what's happening because we've seen this every single year, it feels like, where it's like, well, the team's not good enough and they're going to fall in the first round. And then they go and win seven of eight games. And you're like, what? And not only win seven of eight games, but blow out six of those seven wins. Um, It's been a fun run. The Blazers are playing great defense. They are a top 10 defense in the NBA during this run and they are I believe the number one offense in the NBA as well during this run so they're playing very well if they keep up this play they'll certainly be more competitive in the playoffs but I think the thing that is the most intriguing to me about this is what Terry Stotts has done to try to save his job at the end of the season we had the Shams report Shams uh came out and said that unless there is a miracle run in the playoffs, Terry Stotts is done, which we kind of all expect and understand at this point, right? He put some names out there for coaches. We'll get to that in a second. Um, And the pressure was mounting even more. So we've already heard from Jason Quick on primetime multiple times that he thinks Terry Stotts is fighting for his job this year, and it's going to be really difficult to keep. You hear it from Shams now. The Blazers went on that streak where they lost five straight games, or what was it? And it was like 10 of... They lost like 10 of 13 games and a bunch of them by one point. What Terry Stotts has done, I think, and it's worked, is he's completely limited the rotation to eight guys, basically. Derek Jones Jr., he's not on the team anymore, Uh, which is kind of surprising based on how he played defense early in the year. But right now it's working, right? Move Covington to the four. You got the three-guard lineup. Uh, Nurk is back and playing more minutes per game and Simon's getting a lot more minutes and he's taking advantage of it. He's playing good defense and he's, he's, he's very, very helpful on offense. He's found his role. Yep. A little bit. And I like what Terry Stotts says. He's finally done something that feels like controversial. It always felt like Terry Stotts was very much. He's a player's a player's coach. He wants everybody to be happy. He gives minutes to the veterans, but everyone gets their time, right? You know, Derek Jones jr. Would still be getting time in a normal season but this is not a normal season anymore. He's got to figure something out and he's got to do something drastic. And I think for him, drastic is limiting the rotation of this many players and risking upsetting guys because you're not playing them. And look, I, I think he still probably loses his job because I don't know how far they go in the playoffs, but good on him for finally probably too late, but finally taking that stand to do it because it's made it for some fun basketball this last two weeks. Well, this is what happens when you're, when you know you're in the hot seat, you, you have to start making uh, better decisions and, and do it immediately. Like, that's what happens when you, when you know you're about to get fired or when there's rumblings of you getting fired, uh, you, you go all in. You you try to bring up, you do your best project, you show up early, you do whatever you can. You, you volunteer to do things that you typically wouldn't volunteer to do. You do everything you can to show that you want to be a part of the team and you want to be the leader of the team. I think Stotts right now is in a position to where he knows, man, this is it. Like, like you said, barring some magic run in the playoffs, which I, I think we all kind of know is probably not going to happen. I mean, you know? it depends on matchups and you could get fortunate 
maybe getting the Nuggets without Jamal Murray gives you a chance to win a series, yeah. uh, a chance, and then you don't know what happens from there. But yeah. but Michael Porter Jr. is playing incredibly well right I'm just, now. I'm just, like I, it's, it's just an, an example that no, came I, to my head. I know? totally understand. And I think right now, if, if you're the Blazers, like, I think you owe this to your coach. You know, I think you've ignored him for long enough. And you ignore it. You know, I, I can see Terry Stotts up there yelling defense, and everybody's kind of like, what? Defense? <laughs> what are you talking about? Why? What does that mean? Yeah, why will we do that and everything? So now hopefully these guys are finally playing for their coach. And, and it looks like it. You know, these past uh, three wins have been three really, uh, well, two really, really impressive wins. It's hard for me to get excited about a win against Cleveland. But you, you, you need to get Boston back for what happened last time. You played each other. You know, you had to prove your medal against Memphis, who was right there on your on your heels. Indiana is going through a whole bunch of weird stuff right now, you know, with their franchise and their front office and their players. So they're all, you know, in disarray right now. San Antonio is still San Antonio. Like, it's still Popovich. There's just no Tim Duncan or anybody walking. So they're always going to be a well-coached team. I just don't think they have the talent to make any real noise right yeah now. but well what what you said you got to get boston back you beat the spurs but that game was you should have lost you got a little lucky in that and not not this one from yesterday but from yeah the initial, in, the, yeah. in the losing streak that was their one win in the stretch of a lot of losses mm-hmm. they won by one and the spurs had two pretty good looks at the end of that game and they missed them both and you comfortably won goaltending game yes okay you comfortably won yesterday that's all you want right you want a comfortable win the entire fourth quarter dame sat the entire fourth quarter, Nurk sat. You gave him rest. It was the back end of a back-to-back, and you still won by 20 points. I mean, that's what you wanted to see based on that, just like in the Celtics game, right? The Celtics game, you lose by one. It's a it's a loss that you felt like you should have gotten, and then you come back and you win by 10, and it's yeah. fairly comfortable at the end. So yeah. they are they are putting their foot down and making a statement. It's just like, couldn't you have done this like three weeks earlier? That's what you. That's what you would hope. But it's frustrating. I, I think the the good thing about this is if you can find some a silver lining and hopefully if you're a Blazers fan, you can, I've been really harder than Blazers. And, and to be honest, I just expect so like, I'm like a proud dad. I expect more from this really talented team. You know, like uh, if you, if you look at this roster again, this Blazers roster is, is a, is a talented squad. And for whatever reason, they shouldn't be, I think fifth place is bottom feeding. That's just what I think. You know, I think anything other than fourth place for this team is bottom feeding. And I look at Phoenix and I look at Utah and I go, Utah's a good team, but I just, I don't see it all the way. You know, I think nobody, and that's why I think nobody fears Utah for whatever reason. Best defensive team, a a great offensive team, best three-point shooting team in the league, right? And nobody fears Utah. Nobody's talking about Utah. I fear Utah. I think Utah is good. But I think the masses are still looking at them like those are the same Jazz from last year. Well, that's people look at them and the Suns the same way. They're like the Suns. Which is silly. Chris Paul should be in the MVP conversation. He definitely shouldn't win it because it's hard to look at his numbers and say he should win the MVP. Jokic but, is MVP. But you, it's over. Jokic is the the MVP. I still think it should should be like Joel Embiid or something like that, but he that's just me. He got hurt, but I mean there's he got they're still it's they're just still there competing, you know, and so yeah. it's just one of those things. So Embiid, or excuse me, Jokic is going to win by default because if Embiid weren't hurt, he probably would walk away with the award this year. Probably because the Sixers are first in the East, yeah. and, and so it just it's but Jokic, weird. Jokic has been incredible in the absence of Jamal Murray. It just seems so. really weird. Like we changed the 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 MVP, like w- what the criteria is every year, you know. So is best player, best team? Because Steph wanted a couple of years, really, you know, because it was best player, best team, or is it like? most impressive stats because if that's the case Westbrook won it you know a couple of years ago but Westbrook still got got another triple double two years after that so it's like he should probably be in that conversation too but he's but he's not you know so it's just, he might be this year he's been very good I'm just I'm just kind of kind of confused on what the so the MVP can come from a fifth place team possibly mm. sixth place team sure that's weird that's weird then if that's the case it should be Damian Lillard if I would have said if, I would have argued for Dame until I was blue in the face. If we're being until honest, the losing streak when he went, he he had the he had the like two week fall off, and that was all it took for the other guys to pull away because he was right there. I mean, people had him at the top of that MVP standings or ladder or whatever you want to call I it. I still think he should be there because Jokic obviously is playing without Jamal Murray and everything, but still you got a team that's in fifth place playing with both of their stars I, for most of the season. You I know? think with how Dame has played in this stretch and with these last few games coming up, I think he'll put himself back up in that like second third. I just don't think he's going to win it. Yeah. It's just that. I mean, I, think, I want him to, I have money on him to like, win it. And but. this is why I think there should be a most outstanding player and a most valuable player because mm. those things are two incredibly different titles. Well, 
Blazers have Rockets tomorrow. That should, that be, a should win. be a win. It's easy. Well, I shouldn't say easy, but it appears easy on paper. Rockets are the worst team in the league. If you don't beat the Rockets, you have a problem. And then you've got the gauntlet. You have at Utah, at Phoenix in a back-to-back, and then home versus Denver. Unsure any any of those teams resting guys. I mean, right now, Utah and Phoenix are very close to each other at the top of the standings. Uh, in terms of getting the one seed, I think there's a one game difference. I just closed the page and I'm an idiot scrolling one and a half games. Jazz are up one and a half games on the Suns. Uh, and then the Nuggets still have potentially something to play for too. you know, getting up to the three seed. They're a game and a half behind the Clippers. So there was a thought that maybe the Blazers would get a maybe a bit fortunate and play those teams when they're resting some guys. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, maybe the Nuggets in the last game because they might not have they might be solidified in the four seed at that point. They might not have anything to play for, but Utah and Phoenix want the one seed. I don't see those guys resting anybody, and only because, you know, if we're being honest, in 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 a real season, there's another ten games left. Yeah, that's right? true. And so, uh, and then the, the playoff doesn't but start this year. They're playing very frequently. Yeah, lots that's, of that's games. true. But the playoffs don't start until the seventeenth because the season um, didn't start until December. Don't forget. Yeah. And so you're talking about Utah's not resting guys because the there's still five days until the playoffs start. Uh, and without Donovan Mitchell, I don't know if Utah actually has the luxury to rest guys and try if they're still trying to get that number one seed. And Phoenix is the same thing. Like, I mean, I don't know if they – Phoenix is great. They're really good, but I don't know if they're good enough to rest their last – their guys for what could be. I think they have a couple games after the Blazer. Let's see. Hold on one second. Donovan Mitchell's also been hurt. He's been out the last few games for the Jazz. So they might be slow with getting him back up just to not risk him before the playoffs, which could be beneficial to you. Yeah, the 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 Suns have two more games after Portland. They're both at San Antonio. So I don't think they're resting anybody for those games. So you have to go out there and compete. This is where you're going to be able to show. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to, this is going to be the perfect opportunity to prove to us Bingo. that what you've done in the last week and a half is legit is able to carry over into the playoffs because the jazz have been the jazz are like the perfect counter to the blazers they shoot a million threes and everyone can hit them and they have a great defensive big on the inside and rudy gobert and they have a a great playmaker in donovan mitchell who's who's an all-star right a guy who can score 50 on any night that's like the worst thing for the blazers to face because yes their defense is doing better but their three-point defense is still pretty iffy and if the team has everybody who can hit threes that's a risk. Um, the Suns beat the living hell out of you last time you guys played. And you, 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 I think a lot of Blazer fans have, I've seen this on Twitter, you have this want to play Phoenix in the playoffs because Phoenix hasn't been there before. Mm-hmm. There's the thought that they're inexperienced in this, and most of them are, minus Chris Paul. Um, and I guess Jay Crowder has been in the playoffs, obviously, too, and was on the heat last year. But uh, they're inexperienced, and they haven't been there before. So you want a team like that because the Blazers at least have experience in the playoffs. I don't know if you want the Suns. The Suns have shown that they can beat you up pretty good too. But these are good chances to say, okay, you're a top 10 defense, you're a number one offense. Can this carry out carry over against the elite team in the Western Conference? Because if it does, if you have a couple of wins in those games, even if they're close, if you get a couple of wins, I think Blazer fans feel way more confident going into the first round that you can at least have a competitive showing. And also, uh, we have a texture that's absolutely right. The Blazers need two games to win two games to get the sixth seed. That's the goal. They have to win two games to get the sixth seed. And there's a chance they win three. Man, they could be the fifth seed. You know, if things go right for them and, you know, uh, the the Nuggets slip up a little bit in between, the, in between there these last few games, there's a good chance the Blazers can win these three games that are three of these last, what, four games? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The three of these last four games, which we I think we expect them to win at least one of those games against the Rockets. Well, right? Rockets should be a win. And then from there, it's going to be tough. But it also depends. Maybe maybe you want the highest seed possible. Right. But uh, you think I think you want to avoid the play in. Well, yeah, yes. Well, right now you are you're not set. But because of the tiebreaker. Yes. You're up a game and a half on the Lakers. You're up two and a half games on the Lakers because you have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. That's going to be very hard in four games to lose that, right? Yes. And the Lakers might not have LeBron back. LeBron's still nursing his ankle injury. And I think they own the tiebreaker over Dallas as well. They do. So, um, And they're only a half game back at Dallas. Dallas, Dallas has one less game played. So let's do this next. I realize that we're, we're way long. Um, do you want the Blazers to get the highest seed possible? Or would you rather see the Blazers, this maybe not play for a matchup, but 
get better matchups even if they're not the five seed because right now the best seed they can get is five but does that lead to worse matchups we'll talk about that next first show of sports weekend sports with a difference this is sports sunday with mike and rashad on 1080 the fan so i posed the question going into the break would you rather them get the highest seed they can which would be the five or would you rather them get matchup based seeding not to say that they would try to lose a game to fall into a certain seed last time they did that they played the the pelicans in the first round and that well, was that, the that didn't work out Anthony well. davis drew holiday situation that didn't work out very well um right now they are the six if the season ended today they would play the clippers in the first round of the playoffs and uh then they would if they were to win that series they would get the two seed or the seven seed if the seven seed does win blaze i I'm like 90% confident the Blazers are not going to get sucked back into the playing game because they have a two and a half because of the tiebreaker. They have a two and a half game lead. You beat the Rockets. I don't know what the Lakers are doing. It's only three games left. I'm, I'm sure any, I suppose anything could happen, right? You could lose all three Lakers could win all three and he could make the switch. I just don't see that happening. Um, so right now it's either five or six in my head. If you're the five, you get the nuggets in the first round. If everything stays the same, and then you get the winner of the one versus the eight. Again, we can't predict that series because we don't know what it's going to be because there's a playing game. Mm-hmm. But uh, likely the Jazz, right? The one seed. It's going to be a tough matchup. I would say, in my own opinion, I want them to avoid the play-in as much as possible. So getting up to the five would be beneficial and stress at the end of the season. And if the Nuggets get locked at the four, then perfect. You get the Nuggets in the first round. And that's the, it's not, not a ultimate win or anything like that. It's going to be a tough series, but Nurk plays well against Jokic. They don't have Jamal Murray. Um, That's a series. You can win. You play well against the nuggets. You do even this year when they've been playing poorly, they've played well against the nuggets. So that is, that is kind of where I'm looking at it is I'd like to get them to the five to not stress about the plan. And then if the nuggets get locked there, then you get the matchup you want anyway. Uh, I, I think you got to avoid the Clippers at all costs. Man. I think so too. I think that's the one team that you really don't want to play. And I know the Clippers are one of those teams that, in the in the, you know, hierarchy of, of the NBA, you know, the, the the the, I guess the championship contenders, people always kind of like oh, with the Clippers. I think we we remember last year and like yeah, that's who the Clippers are, and they're not the same team. Man, Tyrone Lou has done a hell of a job as the head coach of this team. Like, I mean. They're they're playing they're, they they play great defense and what do you know Paul George looks like Paul George from Indiana all over again like you know Kawhi is clearly the all all around best player on that team right but Paul George is averaging more rebounds he's averaging more assists than uh, Kawhi he's averaging only a point and a half less than Kawhi at twenty three point six so he's doing like he is a legit superstar again in the league and so I think you just don't want to play this Clippers team with this really great defense that they play and on top of that their stars are six foot seven and and up yeah you know the blazer stars unfortunately are you know two or three six feet six foot guards and i think that's really where we run into that that wall is because we can't seem to get past those bigger guards i would say i've seen some people with the wall the clippers always collapse in the playoffs talk right that was a long time ago and that's chris paul and them well, it's it's not just a long time ago because last year they did it too. But it was Doc Rivers who had lost the team. And Paul George does have that weird, he's either playoff P or he's garbage in the playoffs. And you either he's either amazing or terrible and there's no in between. I don't remember so him it depends. being garbage in the playoffs outside of last year. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is last year he was terrible. Yeah, last year he wasn't great, you know. But uh, Paul George, I remember. Well, that's where he got the playoff, the playoff P nickname. Yeah. But I, all I'm saying is people keep throwing out the Clippers as, oh, you want them. They don't play well in the playoffs. That's a terrible matchup for yeah, you. Yeah, no, you don't want that. You can't stop Paul George. Who's guarding Paul George? No one. And who's guarding Kawhi Leonard? No one. Well, Covington's guarding one of them. And Covington is a great defender, so he'll be able to do his his work, but those guys are still going to get their points. And then the other guy's going to be open, right? Norm Powell's a good defender, but not against the guys that are the size of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, right? Powell's shown to be good. I like him defensively, and I the three-guard lineup is working because he's a good defender. Mm-hmm. But in in that kind of a series, I'd be very, very, very uncomfortable playing the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, like, I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan. Like, let's go ahead and let me preface what I'm about to say by saying that. But if you look at the way he plays, 
Okay. Man, it's no, I'm listen, man. Like I look at the way he moves and stuff like that. It's like, man, that's a I've seen that move before. Like I've seen that pump fake before. Like everything is very smooth and calculated and there's no extra there's no extra effort and extra movement with Kawhi when he's doing something. It looks the same every single time. And really if you just look at how he does things, his fade away, his back down, his, you know, the way he palms the ball and the little single hand pump fake, it's like, yeah, I've seen some of that before. Like my cousin said that to me a year ago, and I was like, "Yeah, you sound stupid. I don't want to hear that." But then I watched, and was like, "Huh, you you might be onto something by just the way he plays." Not saying the amount that he can score and the amount that every, no, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying by just just basketball movements. Like I've he yeah, back into it the looks post, very little familiar. fadeaway jumpers. It looks very yeah. familiar. Yeah, a couple of texts five zero three two five zero ten eighty. You want to avoid the play in and avoid the Clippers. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. I, I think you're almost there with avoiding the play in. And uh, because of the tiebreakers, I think you're pretty set there. People think it'll be Lakers in the plan, which is kind of funny <laughs> if you think about it and uh, would certainly make for some drama in those in those one game playoffs. Uh, this text says Blazers try to play the Nuggets. Yep. And then uh, get the Clippers in the second round and not the first because the Clippers have never made a Western finals appearance. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, it is true. Okay. That's also impossible, I think, at this point. So. <laughs> I don't think you can get the Clippers in the second round based on where the Blazers are. At this oh, moment. I forgot. Somebody gave up, man. Rondo gives Lillard problems too. I forgot Rondo was the Clippers point guard now. Oh, like, that's right. Like longer guards are, are the Portland kryptonite. Although you know? to be fair, Lillard has gotten much improved against all defenders, you know, guys who used to lock him down. Remember when they played the bucks this year, the bucks blew him out, but drew holiday did not lock Lillard up. Like he did a couple of years ago. He's figured out ways to, negate some of that great defending by his abilities he's kind of grown over the last few years i don't know i don't re i remember dame getting getting his his ass handed to him in that game i, I could be wrong but i'll look it up I, I remember i think he scored 30 something in that game did he okay i'll check i was just so angry about them getting blown out of that game i, I don't think i was really paying attention to yeah he, he had 32 in the game yeah uh my bad then let's see 32 yeah he was 10 and 19 from the floor Oh, they got a hell of a game then. And five of 10 from three. Yeah, he was great. So he, he's gotten to the point now, and I, Rondo, yes, has given Lillard fits. He's got, Lillard's gotten to the point now where he's not unguardable. You know, they double team him and they trap him and stuff, but it's not the one guy who's going to lock him down anymore. And I think that's good to, to understand. And the other, the other positive too, and we're seeing it more, is you know they're going to trap him in the playoffs, right? Whoever they play, they're gonna. He's gonna get trapped on the pick and roll at the right, right when he crosses the half court line. But now you have Robert Covington, who's actually hitting his threes at a forty percent clip this year. Remember how bad he started? Yeah. He was hitting like twenty two percent. Yeah, he has shot so shooting. He has shot so well in the last three or four months that he went from like twenty something percent up to I think I saw thirty nine percent yesterday. So basically forty. That's how that's how good he's been shooting the ball. You brought in Norm Powell, who's a good three point shooter. You know CJ can score you at least have guys now, right? Before it was Dame and CJ and, uh, well, good luck. And for the first time, it actually feels like, wow, you actually have guys. You have a team. Remember when they made the Western Conference Finals and you had Seth Curry also out there who could hit a three? Yes. That helped a lot. They did. It did. Absolutely. So I think that's going to be helpful too. So I'm not quite as worried about the individual defenders on Lillard once you get to the playoffs this year because at least they've got other options that you can trust a little bit more. All right. I want to get to the report before the 10 o'clock hour from Shams. If Stotts is to be fired, these were the coaches he threw out there as potential options. And boy, are they some strange names. And one or two names that are quite interesting. We'll get to that next. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So this was out earlier last week. This was from Shams. He had a whole article on hot seats of various coaches in the NBA, one of which was Terry Stotts. The quote was, if Stotts can't, quote, pull a rabbit out of his hat with a playoff miracle of sorts, the Blazers are expected to opt for a new coaching voice. Also, it says Jody Allen uh, has become increasingly focused on the Blazers' future. And uh, what's more, it says the absence of fans has meant for a 
basically a bigger magnifying glass on Stotts because there's been no energy in the building, so so much comes down to him. And plus, you kind of hear a lot of his coaching when you're watching on TV because you can hear the voices. The meat and potatoes of the article, though, or at least this section of it, are the potential coaching candidates to replace Terry Stotts if he does get fired. Let's hear him. Jason Kidd, currently Lakers assistant. Nate McMillan. <laughs> Dave Yeager, who's now a Sixers assistant, former Kings, former Grizzlies head coach. Chauncey Billups, Clippers assistant. And uh, Brent Barry, who's from here. He's the uh, Spurs VP of basketball ops. Those are the names mentioned in the article. To clarify uh, a little bit of it, Jason Quick has been pretty mum on who he thinks would be options to replace uh Terry Stotts if he gets fired, but when we had him on primetime on Thursday, said keep a close eye on Chauncey Billups is what he said. He also said no to Jason Kidd. <laughs> so Did he? Uh, I'm going to say no to Jason Kidd too. Hell no. Stay, keep Jason Kidd as far away from this stupid team as possible. Tell me why. Because Jason Kidd failed as a head coach in his first place. He's got a pretty that shaky Milwaukee past. team, didn't he draft Giannis? No. Yeah, I think he did. No, he did not. Yeah, or, yeah okay. I don't know. I'm not Jason Kidd has a, has a a shaky past within his personal life with uh, some you know harassment assault things with his girlfriend wife and I think that's a name more than a quality coach that's what I think for that um, I think Nate McMillan's funny on this list because you know we we've had Nate McMillan here before we we know what Nate McMillan does he's doing a fantastic job with Atlanta let's let's give him a ton of credit. But that I, that's more of like a, to me, that seems kind of like a, oh, let's throw Nate in there, right? You know, Nate used to be there. I don't think McMillan's coming back here. To me, it comes down to Dave Yeager, Chauncey Billups, and honestly, I think Brent Barry is just kind of a throw-in on this too. I think it's Dave Yeager and Chauncey Billups if we're just going purely off of this list. Uh, and if, if it's going to be those two, I'm going to say Chauncey Billups because Billups apparently has – all the respect in the league right now from the players as being a really smart mind on the coaching staff currently with the Clippers and kind of ready to take that next step to be the big role. And I think Jaeger's interesting because he's a good defensive coach, but eh, what he's done with Sacramento and Memphis, he, he was good in Memphis. Of course. Uh, I think that was when they were grind city as he was the head coach there. But generally speaking, uh, I feel like that's kind of like one of those, classic retread hires i think billups if, the, if these are the names that i have to go off of is the perfect pick oh. first time head coach uh respect of all the players and apparently fast rising in coaching circles that's who i would want if if it was out of this list i don't want nobody that has no experience like on and just being real chauncey billups was a really solid nba player a a, a, a really a really, really, really good player for like three years, you know, in the NBA, three or four years in the NBA. But no, like I don't want anybody with no coaching experience, no front office experience, no any of that stuff. The reason Steve Kerr is a good coach because Steve Kerr spent years as the as the GM and he spent time as uh, an analyst and some other things. Now, mind you, Chauncey Billups has done that. But I don't know about him coaching. You know, I'd feel more comfortable with Jason Kidd as a coach. He's at least been a head coach, been an assistant, you know, been in some uh, some other settings to be able to learn and grow as a coach. Like, Chauncey hasn't done any of that stuff. If you're trying to go to the next level, that's a step backwards with somebody who has no coaching experience. So, I've Dave Yeager, okay, I, I could see that. If he had two, I think he had two 50-win seasons uh, in Memphis. Didn't do as well in Sacramento because it's Sacramento. So, I mean, hey, what can you – what can you do? They're looking. There? I think they would want someone more defensive minded, and Jaeger does bring that to the table for he, sure. He does, you know. But I think you know, and I don't. I wouldn't mind Jason Kidd. And he, I think he did uh, draft the the Giannis kid. But did he? Uh, uh, the two, uh, what's Giannis's draft? Fourteen. God, <laughs> I'm terrible at the draft years. Giannis NBA draft. Don't mind me. 2013. Okay, never mind. Then. Never mind then. <laughs> He was, he was the Brooklyn coach. But that year in Brooklyn, they won 44 games, you know, the year that he was the, the head coach there. So just kind of putting that out there. Either way, I, I would like them to pick somebody, um, and they don't have to have a great head coaching resume, but I think they have to have a coaching resume nonetheless. And unfortunately, Chauncey doesn't have that right now. Even so Steve Nash was an assistant for a while with the Lakers and stuff, wasn't he? Oh, I don't know about that. I think I, he had some. I think Steve Nash kind of came out of nowhere, but he yeah. might have been, yeah. You know, so, I mean – 
I, I just don't know about somebody that has no coaching experience that when we expect them to get us further than somebody who was we forget how how highly thought of Terry Stotts was when he became the Blazers coach coming off that Dallas run and the championship and being really the one of the key people to really help build that offense around Dirk Nowinski and I, that's why he was so coveted as a as an assistant to be a head coach that year so if you can find somebody like that that has that type of momentum then I say go for it you know but uh, you don't want we don't we saw how Nate McMillan worked out I was a big Nate McMillan I was a Nate McMillan guy but we saw that didn't work out great so I think it is time to move forward but let's get somebody that has a some coaching pedigree at well, this point. Well, the other part of the article that I hadn't gotten to yet was they did say there is some thought that the Blazers could try to take a big swing at one of the top coaches, uh, potentially even trading for said coach, giving up a pick to get a guy. You know, I've been making this joke, although I think it would be fantastic, is uh, Spolstra a riot? Like, just go get Eric Spolstra. Uh, I don't, I don't think I don't think he's going to want to leave Miami, but he's from here. He played at U of P. He is everything the Blazers need in the coach. Yeah, that's why he's not leaving Miami. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to leave Miami unless there's a trade involved. The other top coaches would be Pop. He's not going anywhere, right? He's going to retire a spur. And then you're probably not going to get Nick Nurse. He just signed his big contract with the Raptors. But Raptors kind of suck right now, so I don't know. Maybe. Is Nick Nurse better than Terry Stotts? Uh, probably think, a little bit. But I think he got. I think he got Kawhi Leonard. So... He looks like he's better, but he's done well there. He's done. He's done well there. He's done well there. But you know, it's in the East, which we know is not as good as the West. And the one time he made a deep playoff run, he had one of the top five players in the league. And then Doc Rivers just went to the Sixers, so you're not getting him. So if we're looking at top coaches, that's probably the top four, outside of Stotts and whatever other ones you want to put near Stotts. Mm -hmm. There, uh, the only one is Spolstra that I want out of those four. Honestly, I mean, I, I'd take Nurse, but I, I want Spolstra. Snyder, yeah, as a, as a pretty good coach. Quinn Snyder. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I don't, I don't. I guess I, I don't know. I just who, look at who else they're considering. The I, I was just in my head thinking of who's considered the top. I, I look at the way I look at coaches I is I, I kind of look at what you're. I think Tibbs is a, is a is a top coach. Like I look at guys that can take certain rosters and make something of it. You know, I think that's man really really important to be able to say, man, I have this this team. And these are their deficiencies, and these are the things that they do well. Okay, let me take that and do something with it. Uh, this text, I think Damon CJ would advocate for Vanderpool to come back. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, one, from what I've I've heard and read, some of the some some of the opinion of Vanderpool that, since he went to Minnesota has dipped greatly from when he was here in terms of his ability to be a coach. But um, even if that's just you know like rumors out there. You want nothing to do with Stotts if you're moving on from Stotts. And Vanderpool was Stotts' top assistant for years. So if you bring Vanderpool in, friends with Damon CJ or not, and he is, you're going to get similar philosophies to what Terry Stotts had just because that's who he learned under. And I just don't think you want that. I think if you're going new, you're going full new. You're going new staff. You're going new new hire. You're going new mentality, all of that. And that's not going to be Vanderpool. You see Vanderpool's name thrown out all the time because he was he's – Dame's favorite guy on that old staff. I don't think Vanderbilt's happening. Just if you're listening and, and that's what you want, just get the expectation that's not happening. Yeah, no, we, it's gonna it's gonna be somebody completely new, new voice. I just don't want any retread guys. I don't want anybody that's been here already. And so you don't want Nate. I, I mean, unfortunately, you don't want Nate. Well, work. I mean, retread Jason Kidd. He's been a coach twice. That's not technically here. a retread. Not here. Oh well, Jaeger's a retread though because yeah. he's been a coach multiple times yeah, too. Yeah, that's not, very typical know. of the NBA to go like, oh, this guy's failed multiple. Terry Stotts was like that. This yeah. guy's failed multiple places. Let's bring him in. You yeah, know, that's that's hopefully hopefully we'll go against our. Uh, <laughs> what we typically do and get a coach that could actually fit the the style of this Blazers team. And we got to be real. We even said this, a new coach is going to mean some changes. Yep. And one of those changes could mean not having two undersized guards anymore. Well, and so the talk just is put that out there. The talk is from what I've seen is if they, if they re-sign Powell, they're going to trade. CJ. They're going to trade CJ. Yes. And, and I, we kind of, we kind of know that at this I'm point. I'm okay with that. I think most fans are okay with that. Because you can get something for CJ that fills a need more. Right. Because I, I think what you've seen from Powell is a wow. He's really good. And he he's not people were so pissed they traded Trent, right? And Trent love our players. Trent's done well in Toronto so far. He's been a little inconsistent, but he's had some really good games there. Um Trent's a chucker. He just shoots, and that's all he does, right? 
he was people thought he was a good defender if you looked at the stats he was not a good defender he was actually pretty below average mediocre defensively he put the energy out there but he actually wasn't that good Mm -hmm. powell's a good defender powell can shoot the three better i think if not the same as trent and he can drive and he's a decent finisher and he attacks and he rotates better oh my god this guy is a dream player I don't know if the Blazers are going to be able to re-sign him. I think he might want to get a chance to be the number one somewhere. And if that's the case, well, you're, you're hooped because you're going to have Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. But if you can re-sign him, if you do well enough here at the end and he likes his time here and you can re-sign him and you you ship G- CJ off for a, a wing that's better, I would be so happy. Powell is legit. Norman Powell is really good. And I think when we really saw how well he gelled with the team, it's like, okay. We we might be seeing the last of CJ, which makes me sad because I love CJ McCollum. I've been a big you know uh, advocate for CJ and think that he's watching him play can be such a joy. It can, it can be you know, and when I think he's still trying to find his rhythm, you know that same rhythm he had at the beginning of the season. But you know, I guarantee Blazer fans are going to miss CJ McCollum when he's no longer here. For sure, that's for sure. And you're going to see him play with whatever team he goes to, and, and you're going to be like, ah. Or it's gonna it's gonna hurt more if CJ leaves and goes to a team that's prepared to win a championship. And we see him hoist the trophy, and then we're all going to be like, "Damn it, we made a bad, we made a bad decision." Well, I don't know if you made a bad decision. That's what you're going to say, because guess what, Rasheed Wallace. That's what I'm going to say. We got rid of him and won the same year. He wouldn't <laughs> won a championship. Yeah, and but, left all of us saying, "Damn it, why did we do that?" That doesn't mean it was a bad trade no, necessarily. No, it though. was a bad trade for Portland. It killed Portland. The Portland, we were the jailblazers after that. There was no. I, I'm not Portland in that one. Yes, I'm talking about if CJ goes to like the Sixers and the Sixers win. Because like, they didn't have a shooter, and now they got one on the yeah, perimeter. That's not, like, that, but if the Blazers got Ben Simmons or something out of that, and they had a great defender and a bigger guard, that's not a bad trade. That's just he went to the Sixers, and they were more poised and ready to win. That's all. That's what I'm saying. It's just either way, it makes us look like we gave away our our guy, and he went off and became more successful immediately. Gave away Jermaine O'Neal. What do you know? He's a seven-time All-Star after a year after you give him away. It's like, ugh. Blazer fans are gun-shy. Yes. But then again, that's why you get to attach the guy's like uh gary trent jr too <laughs> because enough. because you, you're you're nervous about jermaine o'neal happening Fair enough. over and over and over again all right hour two coming up i want to bring up the question that i asked earlier and we'll do it next because we're gonna have a short segment because we're long the greatest single said. season of television you've ever watched text in your thoughts 503-250-1080 we'll get to aaron Rodgers' news at 10 15 and then hit it or love it at 10 30 this is sports sunday on the fan